1: We're really in the dog days of summer here, Ryan, and i have just been racking my brain trying to come up with what to open the show with. (laughs) I just have no idea today, (laughs) but I have to give a lot of props to Brad from Broad Street Hockey who, uh, I don't even think Brad's uh, writing for us regularly these days, but he does pop in the slack sometimes and gives us some great stuff. And I love that Brad came in and pointed out, so the Flyers, they do this community caravan. Where they go around and they they go to different communities. They, you know, bring gritty and fun and games and all that shit. As much fun as the Flyers can bring, which ain't much these days. But uh, our our good friend, Mr. TDA, was there. And Brad pointed out that he was signing uh, (laughs) autograph photos, okay? And the photos were of our best friend in a Flyers uniform and on the ice. (laughs) And I didn't even think about this until Brad pointed it out. He said, "Is he signing photoshopped
2: pictures of himself in a Flyers uniform for people?" <laughs> and he's gotta be right. It has to be, unless they did some sort of like, you know, closed door media day thing where he's like actually in a uniform. Yeah, that has to be photoshopped.
1: I think it's photoshopped. I'm pretty sure. It's, it's very funny. It's very funny. It, it's possible, but like. It's not a practice uniform or anything. It's the full
0: uniform.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, because I know sometimes they'll get the players in their full uniform just to take photos, just for like PR purposes or whatever. But like, they're usually know. not on the ice. Think, they're usually yeah. like it, you know when they do the intros and they add
1: all the smoke and mist behind them and they're like, yeah, exactly. Clutch time. Clutch time, baby. Clutch time. <laughs> We're gonna talk about clutch time later. I'm excited.
2: So I love how in the I haven't played the NHL video game in a while, but I love how in the NHL video game they still have hashtag Clutch Time in the Flyers Arena. Oh, it's phenomenal! It's been a decade. Get rid of it! (laughs) It's been a decade. One
0: could say it's been a
2: while. It's been a while. Been a while since the Flyers had Clutch Time. That is weird that he's signing autographs. Like, I mean, it's not weird that he's signing autographs. Well. Actually, uh, it is weird because he we would opinions. want his autograph. We got opinions. Yeah, I wouldn't. know. no one in their right mind. Would I'm want good. His I'm. That's pa- oh, a pass. But you know, this kid doesn't know any
1: better. He doesn't know any. He's just a kid. It's he, a kid. Yeah, know, yeah, blame the parents. Kids are but- <laughs> stupid. Kids are dumb. They're real dumb. Dummy.
2: You're
1: in a, it's like you to an, like an autograph. From TDA.
2: You dummy. <laughs> yeah, it's like in Home Alone where it's just like he's Home Alone and he's like, yeah, but kids are stupid, moth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly like Home Alone with T D A slipping and falling and getting nails through his feet and
0: <laughs>
1: getting flamethrowers on his t- That's still my favorite that. that's my favorite Home Alone gag to this day
2: is the oh, the, the flame flamethrower on the head Yeah, just and then like so his egregious. delayed reaction, he's like his hair's on fire, his head's on fire and he's like completely motionless like a statue, just screaming ah! Ah! Like- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> But he's so not good. moving, he's not doing anything about it, he's just
1: Uh, He's in shock. He's in shock. I I love that of all the Home Alone, and there's a lot of attempted murder things that Kevin McAllister does to Harry and Marv. But this one, is it Harry and Marv? I know I Marv. Think it's Harry
2: and Marv, yeah. yeah.
1: But uh, that one, the flamethrower, is the one that gets me the most is attempted murder on Kevin McAllister's part. Hey, he's defending his property as an American. That's his right. But it's it's very funny that this kid is just, he sets up a flamethrower to scorch yeah.
2: this guy's head. Where do you even
1: get a flamethrower? I, well, I think it was, I don't know, some sort of tools from his parents. Yeah, home or, yeah, place, yeah. maybe
2: it was like, a, it was probably like an assemblage. He probably created the
1: flamethrower. You know, Kevin McAllister is basically Kid MacGyver, so that
2: that checks out. If Kevin McAllister were real, he would, like, be the next great inventor, I feel like. Why haven't they made a Saw movie where Kevin
1: McAllister is the (laughs) new Saw? That's a great
2: question.
0: I'm sure somebody
1: has asked this before, because it just seems... It makes too much sense to me, but clearly you need to do a horror movie with Kevin McAllister from Home Alone setting up these saw like traps for people because he, this was his childhood. This is all he knows is how to trap
2: and torture people coming into his property. I just see like Macaulay Culkin groan, like grown-ass Macaulay Culkin coming around the corner just like, want to play a little game? Oh, this is huh?
1: good. I'm writing this. All right. Let's get the typewriters out. We're, we're making a script
2: tonight. He's, dude, all right. So I know he went through, like, he kind of went through it for, like, a he good went portion through it of, for his, sure, yeah. of his life. But, like, he – I've seen him recently. He's, like, doing awesome. Oh, yeah. He came out on the other side, and he's doing great. He, I'm, I'm like very happy for him. Yeah, and he seems unbelievably normal, too. Yeah. Which is so hard to do when you have the childhood that he had. It's hard to come back from – Anything really? Like
1: you know, yeah. child stars will fuck you up in general, but it's also it, it's just hard to come back from when you've. I, I I don't know if he particularly dealt with addiction stuff. I feel like I heard he did, I but think I don't want he to say did. that for sure. But yeah. like, you even look at somebody who had a lesser degree of child stardom. You look at a uh, Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks, right? Oh, do I remember that yeah. mugshot from a few years ago, and I think he cleaned <laughs> yeah. up his act and got back to normal too, which yeah, is great to so. see. But like, you even see guys like we just saw this with Bobby Ryan this week. This week, where Bobby Ryan had his. Uh, uh, drinking addiction problem and then he relapsed this week and i think he got caught shoplifting at the airport and you know that that just sucks it sucks to see but uh, there's a lot of good support for bobby ryan out there a lot of good tweets and bobby yeah. ryan was very appreciative on uh, social media to people for the support to him
2: yeah he like tweeted like uh back from day one again, this is embarrassing or whatever. And every, like the responses and the replies were like unanimously positive. Like, That's good. We got and your back. Like, yeah, it's good to see. We got
1: to do more of this for people going through that stuff. Not just like star athletes, like actually support people because you see too many people struggle with addiction and all that. And you really just have to be there for them and, and help them. And it's tough. It's really tough. And this is far away and much more sobering than the topic I started with, with the weird Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I, I'm going to I'm just going to make a hard turn back to that, because I, I want to talk about this, because this reminded me of one of my favorite gags from the movie Step Brothers, where where he pulls out the katana and he's like, you know, this is signed by signed by Randy Jackson, <laughs> which is <laughs> gets me every time in that movie. It's so good.
2: I always forget about that. It's it one of the happens.
1: weirdest jokes from, from that entire movie. It's great. I was And I put out uh, a call on Twitter and Instagram for people to send me like weird autographs they might've gotten over the years. And somebody, it was a uh, Rob Del Val one said, I bumped into Randy Jackson. And all I had on me was a samurai sword. You're not going to get, you're not not going to get Randy Jackson's <laughs> autograph, right? You have to. Yeah,
2: yeah. You have to do it.
1: That's, that's <laughs> such a good gag right there. I love it. And, uh, you know, it's just like, I would feel so weird if I got a Photoshopped picture signed by the player, unless he was like, I don't know. There's Connor certain, McDavid. like, yeah, exactly. Connor McDavid or oh, Johnny Gautreau, not to get back on that topic. But, you know, somebody big time, it's like, okay, listen, anything, because this guy's just a, a yeah, fantastic like, player.
2: I, I would have Connor McDavid sign uh, a croquet hammer or bat or whatever the fuck that thing is a croquet hammer, what? whatever that thing is the club is that what it is what do you play croquet with oh my god i don't know <laughs> i don't think I've what ever is played. that called hey connor mcdavid you want to sign my bocce ball yeah dude i would have him sign a basketball i'd have him sign anything i can get my hands on well actually no i wouldn't because I don't believe in autographs. I think they're corny. So this like, is this is one of the things cor- I, I wanted to go pivot to. Because, you know, when...
1: so you, it, it, Most people who have been following sports since they were a kid have yeah. a few autographed items lying around. Because when you're a kid, you know, that's one of the things you do. You go up, you try to get player autographs, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing when you're a kid. And then it's a little different when you're an adult. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, if you're in... The position to get it, and then you can, I don't know, either cherish that item in a weird way or sell it or something. That's cool. And I'm not going to judge anybody who gets autographs, but I hear you where it's a little weird when you're an adult.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, like, I don't feel like anyone's autograph is worth it. You know, like I would rather just instead of an autograph, just be like, hey, uh, celebrity, can I get a quick picture when you get a second? Well, because of the so
1: back in the day before everybody had a camera in their pocket that I think the autograph was more valuable back then. Yes. Yeah. Now it's not. It's the selfie. That's what it's all about. You know, you got to get that shit on the gram. Come on.
2: Yeah. And then I can tell all my friends that me and, you know, Joel Embiid are best friends. We've known each other for decades. Yeah. Went up to Philly to see my boy Joel. Good to see him. Courtside seats next week. And then just conveniently don't post any Pictures (laughs) Courtside. Pictures <laughs> of courtside because you're not there. Very convenient because <laughs> you don't know Joel Embiid. Yeah, you don't
1: actually know him, but like, yeah, but you uh, tell people that you do. I should Photoshop my picture myself into the picture I took of Joel Embiid walking through the park in front of Independence Hall shirtless the one day. Be <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I'm just hanging out with my friend Joel while he's walking his <laughs> leashless dog through the park while we're all we were again. The funny thing about that is we went outside to see if we could see Meek Mill coming into our building to go to court. <laughs> We were outside the building we worked in because there was a court in our building and Meek Mill was reportedly coming in to try and get some charges dismissed or something. And we all waited outside for Meek and then we saw Joelle. <laughs> That's
2: so random. It's but so like, random. Yeah. It's crazy. Was he though. going to visit Meek or something? <laughs> no, he.
1: I think at the time, I don't know if he still does, but I think he was living in the condo next door to the building I worked in. Oh, okay. Because there's a fancy newer condo that's been built in the past like five years there with one of those, like, like robot parking garages, you know, like the one where oh, they just take yeah. your car and
2: put it somewhere. Isn't that kind of, I remember, I think when the flyers did like their, um, the first year that Alain Vigneault was coach. remember they did like the training camp, like docu-series. I can't remember what it was called. Uh,
1: yeah, it doesn't matter.
2: But I remember they showed like Claude Giroux's house. And he had, like, an elevator for his car. That's wild. He, like, brought it in and then, yeah, it was insane.
1: Imagine being that stinking rich. That sounds amazing.
2: <laughs> and the funny thing is, is in the grand scheme of things, Claude Giroux is fucking poor compared to any other athlete. In oh, yeah, yeah. LeBron James
1: <laughs> is, like, uh, 85 Claude Giroux's right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: LeBron could buy, like, four Giroux houses and then buy, like, 10 other houses spread across the world.
1: <laughs> LeBron, I think he actually reached officially like billionaire status right there.
2: Yeah. 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 He asked to me. Yeah.
1: But uh, pivoting back to the autographs again. So I was thinking about some of the weirdest ones I've gotten over the years because I've never quite gotten a, a Photoshop picture of an athlete with an autograph, but I do have some weird things and my I've kind of got one for, I don't have one for the Sixers, but for the other three Philly teams I adore, I have something. So I have an Eagles pennant signed by a bunch of scrub players that I got at training camp. And to put this in perspective, I got this at training camp so long ago that it was David Aker's first training camp with the Eagles. That was the oh, one where wow. he won the job over Chris Bono because that... Cowboys scumbag. Uh, I don't think he's a scumbag, but he played for the Cowboys and he was never good for the Eagles. Which but... makes him a
2: scumbag. Exactly.
1: But yeah. he, I remember seeing him miss kicks or I think he got a, a kick blocked in camp and then Akers was just like knocking everything down left and right. And I was like, oh, I think this this new guy might win the job out. And then he did. And then he was here forever, forever. And uh, so I, <laughs> I went for autographs at the end and I was there with my grandpop and his friend from back in the day. And, you know, of course, they're not going to sit there for my nonsense and wait for me to get the good autographs where, you know, if you wait for like a McNabb, B-Doc, Westbrook line, I think they were there that year, maybe McNabb and Dawkins were, I don't think uh, Westbrook was a guy yet, but like that line was insanely long. And then the second tier guys were, was pretty long too, but then there was the third tier guys and there was nobody in that line. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll get my pennant autographed by these guys. And I could look at it now. I probably wouldn't name, couldn't name most of the players on there, if any, uh, except for one. And that would be Eric Bieniemy, who is now Kansas city chiefs assistant coach who comes up. I think he's the offensive coordinator actually, who comes up in conversations for head coach every year, every year. It's yeah. weird. It is weird, but I have his autograph apparently. And he was like, uh, trying to be on the Eagles at running back. So hooray. That's kind of cool, I guess. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those (laughs) things that's like, yeah, this is autographs by some guys. I don't fucking know. And then I have a Phillies hat that's signed by Bill Giles and a bunch of front office ownership guys from the early 90s because I was in the Phillies kids fan club, whatever that was. (laughs) That's a weird one, too. (laughs) And then I just have a bunch of like random flyer shits from luminaries. Like I have signed pucks from luminaries such as Vaclav Vinny Prospel. Yo, Vinny Prospel, Everybody's favorite South philly name over there. And Branko Radovojevic. What a name. What a player. Just valuable, valuable merchandise right here. I don't know who either of those people are. You don't know who Vinny Prospel
2: is? No. Are you fucking serious? Oh, my God. I'm dead serious. You're, You're killing me, dude. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> so I didn't start following hockey seriously until, like, 2012. Oh, my God. So I'm way, way uh, behind. You know,
1: this actually upsets me more than than Pauly Shore does, if I'm being honest, because I, I
2: mentioned Vinnie Prospol on here a lot. And <laughs> this is very upsetting to me. This is <laughs> so his last season in the NHL was my first season watching hockey. <laughs> he played a while. That, that was a he homegrown
1: played. Flyers prospect right there, Vinny Prospil. That was a guy... Played I played
2: two seasons
1: with the Flyers. But he played with the Phantoms before he came up with the Flyers, and he was there. Yeah. I think his first season was the Stanley Cup run in 97. So I remember going to Phantoms games when they played in Philadelphia at the Spectrum and watching this guy, and he was just freaking awesome he was so good and i was like this guy's gonna be a top-notch nhler and he ended up being a pretty good nhler for a long time for various teams but not really the flyers
2: oh he came back to the flyers in 2008 yep and he was not good well he had 14 points in 18 games which isn't like terrible yeah i guess he was fine he was fine but you know whatever
1: but yeah, Prospol was a guy I just remember from back in the day. And I'm just upset that you've never heard
2: of him. Radovojevich. Nobody gives a shit
1: about Radovojevich. Yeah, it's just no, a funny I, name from Flyers history right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What do I, what weird shit do I? Okay. So I have three things that are autographed. One of them is actually cool. I have a like mini Eagles helmet signed by Donovan McNabb. Oh, um, that's a good one. I have, <laughs> we have more McNabb content coming up later in the show. Apparently this next way. one was given to me as a gift. I have a Washington Redskins ball signed by a bunch of shitty players on the Washington Redskins. Oh baby! Because the Redskins used to do, um, and this is when they were the Redskins. They did training camp in Richmond, Virginia, where I live, and um, I guess my brother went and got a ball. And he's a Giants fan, so I don't know why the fuck he went, but like he Your got a Redskins a Giants ball. fan. You poor soul. Dude, he's he gets mad at me. You've had because, to put up with a lot of shit over the years, I yeah, imagine. You're telling me he gets mad at me for like straying away from the new because, like, my whole family is from New York, and he's just like, "You're not from Philly," and I'm just like, "Yeah, but I was raised liking the Eagles, so I like all the Philly teams." I don't know, fuck off. <laughs> um, and so he he uh, he got this ball signed by just fucking NFL legends, Colt McCoy. Oh, yeah. Um, Colt fucking McCoy. Who else? So many other ones. But the one name on there that was kind of cool was uh, um, D'Angelo Hall. Okay, okay. Um, so that's signed by D'Angelo Hall. And um, when he had that ball for, like, forever. And then he just, like, gave it to me as a Christmas gift. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? I fucking <laughs> hate this team. Thanks for nothing. Oh, so, yeah. That, thank you for racist football team <laughs> football. Thank you. This yeah. is great. So I got that I don't even know where the fuck that is now. And then It doesn't matter. No, I could care less. It's I hope it's floating in the ocean in that plastic beach in the Pacific somewhere. And then um, and then I and then I have this poster. So fun fact, I, your boy, was in the marching band in high school. Oh and wow. so we had like my band teacher had like this this group of brass like instrument nerds come like do a concert for us and they're called the Boston Brass yes. and they like signed and they gave us all posters and they like signed them all for us and i'm like i don't even know who the fuck you are the audacity to think i want your autograph the boston and i don't even brass i have no the brass idea. balls on the boston <laughs> brass to give you the head. boston brass and i was just like you fucking kidding dude i don't know who you are and you're signing an autograph they were nice guys. Boston they were nice guys. Brass. They seemed to be nice, but hey guys, you want to see my Boston press autograph? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, you're fucking band geeks. Know your worth, Boston. Brass. Know where you know where you stand in society. You they don't give up. autographs. <laughs> That's great. Let's be real. Yeah, like you know, if somebody asked me for an autograph, I'd be like, you don't want that. Yeah. Nobody would ever and ask me for that. They and they dress like jackasses they just wear these like purple blazers with these black pants
1: oh we got to start doing that
2: next event <laughs> purple blazers and black pants here they are i got a i got a photo of them and oh just, are you sending it yeah. on the slack yeah i'm sending it to you right oh, now Oh, good
1: i'm excited i'm waiting with bated breath right now that's fantastic
2: there's two trumpet players a trombone player a tuba player and a, <laughs> a french horn player oh my god they look like a ska band they do Boston Press. Well, listen, oh,
1: my god. Again, this picture is hilariously cheesy. You gotta share this after <laughs> the show. And oh my god, this is great because like the guy in the left is like ha, ha, what a funny joke. And then I know, yeah. There's, There's an action shot trombone. from the next guy. I'm going left to right here. So if somebody follows the, the photo later, the guy in the middle is like, I have a secret. <laughs> and then the guy next to him is like, I know you're sleeping with my wife. <laughs> and then the last guy goes, why am I doing this? But he's laughing about it.
2: Oh man. The we like Boston listened to one of their songs. I can't even remember what it was called. Um, but we like played it with them. Live the brass the boys are back. The brass boys, baby. Let me see. Let me see if I can find. um,
1: You look that up. I'm going to read some of the responses we got from from listeners and people on social media on this one. (laughs) So I I went on social media and I asked people for weird things they had autographed. And uh, I got a few responses on this. So the first one I'm going to read came on the old Instagram. Justin said, I have a 40 ounce beer bottle autographed by the singer of the Super Suckers.
2: Oh, my God.
1: That's amazing, Justin
2: uh here it is i found it we played this song with them called wayside festival oh how about it, that it's the fucking weirdest thing like, wayside festival they suck they suck the brass suck the boston brass if you're listening you're not a friend of the show no not quite i'm sorry they are making few... fun of you actively
1: yeah, uh, you know, the Cole Beasley category here. But Cole Beasley is considered a friend of the show despite being an idiot. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. We haven't dropped a sorry, not sorry in here in a while. I guess it's uh, time to just... Re- we got to revisit the United Hate of America at something <laughs> The worst rap album ever produced. 80 stings of pain listening to that thing. But I love Justin's response. A 40-ounce beer bottle autographed by the singer of the Super Suckers. That's amazing. And then looking at twitter so leftover ether said a pen dot helmet covered in the autographs of the entire inaugural Wil- <laughs> Wilkes park scranton's penguins roster oh boy wilkes-barry wilkes scranton penguins roster <laughs> a pen dot helmet covered in the autographs of the entire inaugural wilkes-barry scranton penguins roster amazing
2: that is pretty good i like that one
1: the Blue Raja said, my sister got Brian Setzer to sign her mozzarella sticks for our uncle. What does that mean?
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, is right it a box, like a frozen box of mozzarella sticks that got autographed? Or is it literally a mozzarella stick? The stray cats. And you just, you just took a Sharpie and signed that breadcrumb ass stick of... I,
1: I, that would be maybe the worst mozzarella stick in history. If that could hold up to a Sharpie because there should be a little crunch to a mozzarella stick, but not a ton, not enough where you can
2: do an autograph. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And honestly, I'm fine with there not being crunched to a mozzarella stick. As long as the cheese is good and gooey, but (laughs) mozzarella stick. And also this is Brian Setzer who you probably don't know who he is because I brought up, we talked about the, the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit the big band I, I call them big band but they're more uh swing bands the swing band era of the 90s that you weren't familiar with and Brian Setzer oh, yeah. was he was an 80s musician with a band called the Stray Cats and then he had a comeback in the late 90s during the swing band revival and he had the Brian Setzer Orchestra you gotta jump jiving then you will like that kind of shit
2: and uh, so
1: <laughs> he signed the mozzarella sticks apparently <laughs>
2: Not shocking. Oh,
1: man. Not shocking Fantastic. at all. Fantastic. Sean R. Moore said, Got Dave Keckner to autograph my chest last month. Hair and sweat made it difficult and illegible. <laughs> David Keckner from The Office in Anchorman?
2: <laughs> what
1: the hell? Sean, let me tell you, when all this is over, you and I are going to get an apartment.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. I love David Keckner. <laughs> Captain. I almost. Oh, no, sorry. no. After you. Oh, By all means, say, Sir. I almost got an interview from Jeff. or er, Interview. I almost got an autograph from Jeff Corwin, who used to have an Animal Planet show about animals. Brian Fellows. But I got too scared, and I.
1: <laughs> you got too scared
2: of Jeff Corwin. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all that
2: animal clout got to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it. Did. God, the clout I'd die for. If only I had. <laughs> if only clout you had like animal that. clout.
1: Yeah. When we get Steph back on and you just talk about animals for 45 minutes while I play a game on my phone, that'll be good. Steve, I will do it. I know you'll do it. Nothing will stop me from talking about animals. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Captain Joseph said, I've got a signed copy of Bad Religion Frontman Greg
2: Graffin's PhD thesis. Wait, what? So he has a signed copy of Greg Graffin's PhD thesis. Yes! That's actually that's phenomenal. weirdly cool as shit. I love that. I would I would love having that. Honestly, I really that's would. It's really great. I love that. I always I've always dreamed of like going back to school and going to UCLA and taking a class with Greg Gred because apparently I think he I th- I know he was at UCLA as a professor, um, and now maybe he's at Cornell now or something like that. But I've ever heard wherever of he is, he's an educator, which I think is cool as fuck. Yeah. And I would love to take a class taught by the fucking architect of one of the greatest punk bands in the history of punk.
1: There would there would be no sorrow if you could take that class.
2: No sorrow at all. <laughs> Rob, Nicely
1: done. number 23 Rob said, I have an apron from a Flyers Wives Carnival signed by Bob Clark and his wife, Sandra. <laughs> that I love that too. That's great.
2: It's good. It's like... The fact that his wife signed it is what makes it really funny.
1: Oh, yeah, because if it was just Bob Clark, it would be like, yeah, this is my he signed, you know, (laughs) Flyer's Wives apron. apron. But having both Bob Clark and his wife on there
2: makes it very funny. Like, I'm just just imagining Bob Clark signing it, and then his wife's just like, what are you doing? He's, like, signing an autograph. She's like, ooh, let me do it, too. (laughs) Sure thing, hon. Not messing with that.
1: Final one. If it flies, it spies. I have a glow in the dark snorkel autographed by <laughs> Biodome Star Polly Shore.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. The flight content on these responses is stellar. <laughs> the only disappointment is we didn't have anything signed by Aaron Lewis of Stained or, <laughs> or of yeah. course, Guy Fieri, our Lord and Savior.
2: I when you said like the glow in the dark snorkel and then you said the B syllable of the name of, of Biodome for some reason my mind was, um, was expecting Brizgolov Oh, a Brizgolov autograph would be And that fantastic. would make so much sense if Brizgolov was just running around signing glow-in-the-dark sn- snorkels for people. I really
1: did want to, I I went to, I've only been to One Flyer's Wives Carnival now that I think about it, and I really wanted to meet Brizgolov that day, but I think it was a little pricey or the line was long or something, and I was broke at the time. Nowadays, I'd just be like, yeah, let will shell this shit out, we're meeting Briz." We're going to ask about the universe and shit, but you know, I didn't make much money back then. Uh, I do remember they did a thing where fans could shoot on the goalies, and I think Pris, like every one of them, went in or something.
2: Oh my god. Why do you have to be mad? Well do you have to be
1: mad? Do you have to be mad? It's on uh, <laughs> the game. But glow-in-the-dark snorkel signed by Polly Shore. That is really great. I, I love that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's very good. It's
1: a glut in the dark snorkel. I love it. You still have no (laughs) idea what that means. We're going to, that's going to be an episode. You're going to watch a Pauly Shore movie. You're going to watch Encino Man. Okay. By the end of the summer, you're going to watch Encino Man. Maybe we'll even, if we can find the technology to do a watch along and watch it together and do some mystery science theater 3000 style commentary
2: to it, that would be great. So, out of curiosity, I just Googled, like, the weirdest things ever signed, like, autographed by famous people. And I just found this. San Jose Shark's Dan Boyle once autographed the dashboard of a car for a fan in not just any car, but a really nice, expensive one. <laughs> Qu- quote, it was like an Aston Martin or something, he said. The Boyle mobile. A car dashboard. And it's signed by... Just a pretty mediocre hockey player, right there. Like he wasn't bad, but it was like okay. A you you don't ask you don't ask Dan Boyle to sign. If you're gonna get a he's shark, not, you gotta get like Joe Thornton. Yeah, get Joe Patrick you know, Marleau. Like those two guys, I'll ask them to sign anything. Mike Ricci, Dan Boyle. If I don't have anything on me for Dan Boyle to sign, I'll just be like, I'll just wave at him and tell my friends that I saw him. Mike Re- I don't need his autograph. Mike Mike Ricci autographed my 81 Gremlin.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Trent Klatt
2: autographed my Honda Civic. Dale Weiss Danfis? autographed. He autographed the, the tire of my 1998 Toyota Corolla. Plus, if you can get the Dutch Gretzky
1: to autograph the tire of your Corolla, you'd do it. Now I would. <laughs> Dan face the Dutch Gretzky! I love it. I miss him. He's basically a mascot for
2: this podcast.
1: Like, at least he was, like, fun bad. Like, he was just terrible, but you could at least... He was hilariously he was hilarious bad. bad. It was He's like bad. he was doing it on yeah. purpose. <laughs> That's why it was fun. I, like. I miss the fun bad. It's just, like, sad bad at this point.
2: Now, yeah. Now it's just, like, the players are, like, trying. Uh, the, GM, the GM is trying to
1: kill us, I think, is where we're actively at at this point.
2: But that's like, he's not even trying to do it either. He's trying to make us better, but he doesn't know how to make us better. (laughs) And therefore he's just making us infinitely worse. And the, like the players he's bringing in think, I think they think they're good. Oh, they, well, of course they think they're good. They're in the NHL. Everybody thinks they're great. Well, yeah. In comparison to me, they're great. Amazing compared Listen, to me. But compared to other like players who are in the NHL. Sorry, I hate to tell you Nick DeLoria. <laughs> you shouldn't have an NMC. No, it's insane that he has an NMC. Absolutely <laughs> it's insane. Very odd. And I think he would even agree. Listen, there has to be some level of self-awareness for for Nick DeLoria. Like he must
1: Oh, he signed that contract.
2: He like, submitted that because he thought it was a joke. Four years? If, if we saw him, if we saw Nick DeLorea in a bar, and we were just like shooting the shit with him, and we just asked him, Nick, be honest. Were you expecting that no-move clause? I guarantee you'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can't believe they
1: gave me that. Listen, Chuck might not be a smart man, but he knows how to love shitty players. He does. He might not be a smart man. I, can I make fun of Forrest Gump at this point? Who knows? But Nick DeLaurier, my, I, I'd say he's easily one of the worst contracts on this team. He's not even making that much money. But sadly, he did not make the NHL's top 10 worst contracts by Dom Loose Chicken on The Athletic, as Kurt likes to call him. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> Dom's name, so I'm just going to call him Dom Alton. I think it's Le, I think it's
2: Lucision or something. Dom loose Chicken Greg Luzinski. way better.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Great, you know Bulls Barbecue. There we go. So Dom loose Chicken uh, on the Athletic made a list of the top ten worst contracts in the league, and no Flyers listed in the top ten worst contracts. So they can't even be good at being that's bad. Shocking! Yeah. Just, that's very. I was surprising. legitimately shocked that there were no Flyers on this list. I'm going to quickly go through the list. Tyler Sagan. Seth Jones, Jeff Skinner, Skinner, Mark Edward Vlasic, the pickle man, Darnell Nurse, who, you know, in his defense, he's never puked on the ice like his uncle Donovan, and he's got that going for him. Colton Pareko, Eric Carlson, who's got 11.5 mil at five years, which is still very funny considering I forgot Eric Carlson was even still actively playing. Zach Wierenski, 9.6 mil at six years, which I, I don't know, I mean... I think I still would prefer him over Provorov with three more years at six with seven yeah. five, and then Nick Suzuki seven point nine at eight years, and Ben Sherat. good old Ben Sherat, who got four point eight at four years, which is uh, amazing to be honest. I that's one that because he signed with the Red Wings, right? I think he did. yeah. Which Stevie Y has made some pretty nice I can't signings care enough to but, look. Yeah, who cares? But. Ben Sherrat is like so insignificant. Ben Sherrat. Who I, I also didn't realize until a, a certain point that his name wasn't like Chariot or something like
2: that. I thought it was
1: Chariot for so long. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Who the guy? Hell is this guy? And then I found out it was Sherratt and I'm like, oh, okay. How about that? But he sucks, so whatever.
2: First round pick. How about that? <laughs> but, I, but I'm just so I don't I don't know how a flyer's contract isn't I guess JVR wouldn't be on the top 10 because he only has one year left. Yeah,
0: and honestly,
1: you know, he's been below his value, but I probably wouldn't say, like, it's one of the worst deals the Flyers have ever signed. Yeah,
2: it's not like he, it's not like his, um, his on ice, like, it's not like he's, like, on the ice, he's playing like Dale Weiss. You know what I Right, mean? right. Like, he puts up, you know, he's great numbers. He does he something. Does some stuff. Yeah. He puts up a few goals, but yeah.
1: I mean, he's probably certainly one of the albatross at this point, though, because, you know, apparently Chuck couldn't move his contract because it was too hard. Oh, no. Too hard. Oh, no. Yeah, it's too hard. Poor guy. Kevin. You can't move it. I would say Kevin. I was surprised Kevin Hayes' contract didn't make it up there because that has been lamented as a tough contract from day one of him signing yeah. it. And he's still got four years left at $7.142 a season. And he's had some injury issues. And Kevin Hayes is, he's awesome when he is healthy. When he's healthy, 100%. he's really good. Yeah. yeah, I still don't know if he's a $7 million a year player, given, you know, the salary cap and everything. But he's very right. good when he is at 100%. But four years of this, and I can't imagine he's really getting better at this point. So that, that's a tough contract. I'm shocked the Risto contract didn't make it. It's like the thing
2: with the Risto contract is the term. The term, like, well, I, I don't like the five point so, one either.
1: But if, it, well, me neither. At, at least with like TDA, they only that? signed
2: him for two years at that.
1: Hit, right. Where if Ras if they, if they had signed Rasmus Ristolainen to three years of 5.1, two years of five point one, I could live with it. But I'll I, live. Yeah.
2: I yeah. Not happy about it, but I could live. Five years is rough. It's bad. It's really bad. Like, I don't – I just – I don't – I did not even want to think about that. Like, the way I see – and I know this is probably not going to be true, but, like, the way I view the Flyers right now is – and I hope I'm wrong. I hope they become, you know, a competitive team two, three years from now. Because I I feel like one year – like, I feel like this year it's pretty much a lost cause. They're not going to be that competitive. But – like in my head, the Flyers aren't going to be not a laughing stock until that contract is gone, right? And I'm scared because, like, if they're willing to give him that, well, maybe I shouldn't be. If I'm like, I don't know. The way I'm looking at it is like, for some reason, I'm imagining if nothing changes in Chuck Fletcher's still the GM and Fyfe, <laughs> Which if that's the if that's the case. <laughs> If that's the case, uh, we have some big problems on our end. That's really like, bad. If that's the case, <laughs> what if they like re-sign him after the five-year contract? If Chuck I, I Fletcher's is still just... in there,
1: that's absolutely happening. I, no, he but can't. But like, be... yeah, I, I think they still think he's twenty-one years old, and he could
2: get exponentially better somehow. Do they realize that he's not old or he's not young? Like, I don't, they think I don't he's know super young. They,
1: I think they've convinced themselves. It's like. When the, I don't want to pick on Samuel Moran cause he had some tough things, but like, yeah, you yeah. know, the Moran mafia was out there still saying like, oh, you got to give him a chance. You got, but he was, you know, he's like 25 years old and he hadn't really gotten
2: in the NHL yet. And it wasn't going to happen. We're just trying to be realistic. Here's the thing with Moran though. Here's the thing with Moran. Like people, like they say that they brought in Rasmus Ristolainen to make the team harder to play against and to, you know, bring physicality and toughness his hits don't do anything he doesn't it's not like he's running around laying dudes out he doesn't do that at all like he's he's so similar to Robert Hag, where he just I was just gonna like, say this, he has like these, remember, phantoms, sounds, these phantom these phantom hits micro hits you know what the I micro-hits. mean hits. these micro hits yeah. and it doesn't make any sense and he doesn't make it harder to play against he's significantly easier to play against the Flyers while he's on the ice at least Moran was fucking huge and would beat that ass <laughs> He would kick your ass if you did anything. Like, Rasmus Ristolainen doesn't – how many fights did he even get in last year? That's
1: not a fighter, man. I didn't really notice – like, I noticed the the occasional hit. Keith Jones would always point out when Risto did anything of note because Keith Jones loves Rasmus
2: Ristolainen. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Rasmus Ristolainen – does bring some physicality but like not nearly as much as they think he brings i just want this guy to clear the crease this is all i've ever wanted he's like he's a big he's six foot four 220 like he can clear the crease and he i just want you to take these guys
1: and toss them out of the crease like fred flintstone's throwing the saber-toothed tiger dino out of the house at the end of the night whichever one i forget which one it is but you know fred flintstone those guys
2: out of the crease come on be like fred flintstone rast bristo come on Like at least Sam Moran, at least Sam Moran was just a fucking behemoth. And like, I know he wasn't like the greatest defenseman, but then again, we only, how many NHL games did he even play? He played 29 NHL games. So like, we never, he never really got off the ground. Well, that's the thing. He never got off the ground. But like, I think the thing is, the comparison
1: I was trying to draw was not so much on the size. It was just based on the fact that like people kept saying, even when he was older, like, Oh, you still got, you know, a chance. And it's like, yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. be realistic at a certain point that and when you're talking about guys who have been in the NHL this entire time and never really been benched or anything, they're not going to change their habits. Why why would right. Risto change his habits at this point when he's getting 5.1 million a season for 5 years? You know, that's a reward
2: for being a great player already. So it's like, why would he change anything? He doesn't need to change shit. Once you're like 24, 25 years old, you're pretty much at the age where like that's the best hockey you're going to play in your career, unless you're one of those players that, like a, like a Mike Donk player who just like Mark Donk. shows up on the penguin. Was it Mike Donk? Mark Donk. Is that Mark Donk. Yeah. yeah. Like unless you're like a Mark Donk, but player. you have to play with Sidney and, Crosby to make that happen. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can. Like I, I guarantee you, the Flyers could. I don't know. Like Tanner Lasinski, the Flyers could trade Tanner Lizinski to the Penguins. Lazinski's putting up 20 goals. Oh, sure. If, but he's, if he's on a line with Malkin or Crosby, or The thing is, Ristolainen but that's, is a defenseman. That's only... who's, who's the defenseman well, yeah, that yeah, can yeah. really... The only guys that could really elevate
1: somebody like that are Makar, Yossi. And yeah. if uh, this mythical unicorn of a creature, Ryan Ellis, was alive, uh, he could elevate... Ivan Provorov, but I don't even. But the thing is, he would never elevate Risto because he'd never play in the same bearing as him. So it's only yeah. it's only really elite talents that are going to elevate a guy like this. And it's still not going to stop his bad habits. It's still not going to have him clear the crease or anything like that's. He just. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about Risto. I, was, I just put the contract. <laughs> this was
2: not planned. This was not on our, our sheet. No, but percentage. he's so frustrating
1: because he should be great. He's got all the tools. He, he should be a fantastic defenseman. And I think Chuck just looks at these raw skills. He just looks at these attributes and goes, yeah, he's going to pull it together. And he just, you remember... he, he's not going to do it. And I'll gladly, I will gladly eat my words in a few months if he's awesome. But
2: Oh, I will. Too. I,
1: I, I can't imagine the universe. I actually would, I'd have to be in a new universe where he actually didn't come up in the Sabres organization, uh, and learn from, I don't know, just like Chris Pronger or somebody, you know, like one of yeah. the best ever.
2: Do you remember a few years ago when Risto had that like amazing highlight reel goal on the Sabres? And then he did that insanely bizarre celebration afterwards. I don't actually like, remember this. Oh, it I'm gonna was look so it weird. Um, but, like, I remember seeing that, like, he legit had promise. He was, like, at the the time, he was young, and he has – he does have personality. From what I understand, he's an excellent person. He's supposed like, to be a I great a locker room pres- presence, a great person. Wait, that's fine if you make, like, a lot
1: less of your cap percentage. Money, yeah. yeah like, if, if he was making what, what they're paying to Laurier, I'd be fine with it, right? Because that's yeah. what Robert oh, Haig's yeah. making. Because – as you pointed out, like, he's getting pretty much the same hits as Robert Haig, and Robert Haig makes a hell of a lot less money per year than Rasmus Ristolainen. Where's Robert Haig now? Detroit? Is that where he signed? Let's see. Robert <laughs> Where did Body Bag Haig
2: go to? Yeah, Red Wings.
1: Yeah, Red so Wings. uh Ben Sharat and Robert Haig. What a what a pairing.
2: Man. Would love that in the Flyers, baby.
1: I'm looking up this Risto this Risto celebration right now and i'm i'm on the it was so bizarre
2: he like he did this weird thing where he like it looked like he was drunkenly trying to like sneak into a strip club but like he was flipping his stick at the same time it was really it was very
1: drunkenly Um, trying to sneak into a strip club who is he jay (laughs) rosehill
2: no because he didn't steal a car
1: trying to do rosehill triathlon over here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Still, it car, was the most bizarre. Go a mile to another strip club. Oh my god! This is the big. This is the most slow motion replay of this goal that they could possibly be showing me. So, oh my god! Hurry up! We don't have all day. This isn't a uh, podcast he, that routinely goes an hour and a half plus. Oh wait, it is.
2: He did a. Um, I think he beat like Brent Burns for the goal, yeah. and he like just undressed him. And it was, like, sick. It was a sick oh, goal. Oh, it was a fantastic goal, yeah. And then he did this celebration that was so... Alright,
1: I'm, I'm at the celebration now. They are going in super slow motion. This is insane. What the fu- They added graphics to it!
2: Alright, hold on. I'm gonna send you the, uh...
1: They had, why the did they add graphics to it?
2: People gotta ruin everything. Oh
1: my god, what. this one? So that celebration ended up in one of the NHL video games. And I remember looking at it and I go, what the fuck is that celebration in the Did NHL it? video game? Yeah. What it's one hell? of the ones you can assign to players. And I have assigned some very bizarre celebrations to players over the years. Like I think I had Joel Farabee doing the worm after uh, goals. <laughs> <one
2: part. laughs> I always make um, uh, my people do headstands. So they're just like gliding on the ice on their head. just Their helmet is their only support. These are the only things that EA's doing right
1: is having you be able to put insane choices like that in there. They need to do more stuff like that. (laughs) Well, they also need to actually improve the actual gameplay of the hockey you're playing. But uh, the the celebration stuff is fun, more of that. So would you say that Risto is the the worst current Flyers contract?
2: Uh... Because the only other
1: contender, really, like Kevin Hayes is up there... I, I some people would argue Couturier could end up being an albatross because he hasn't even kicked in yet. It's kicking in this year. Eight years. I would do it. To... Seven point seven five million a season, and he's coming off of a, a pretty bad back injury. He's had ACL tear. He's had he's had a bunch of issues. But as we know, if Sean Couturier is playing his best. This motherfucker's playing chess, not checkers. Yes, he is. And not checkers. You can't put a value on that on that strategy on that defense. <laughs> If Sean Couturier plays like Sean Couturier, he's worth every penny in that contract. But is he going to play like Sean Couturier? Because he's played some tough years in the NHL already. It feels like Sean Couturier... Sean Couturier's been here a decade already, which is crazy because, what is he, 29, 30 years old? So, I think he's 29. I think he's turning um, 30 at some point in the season or early in the season, something like that.
2: Yeah. So, if Sean Couturier comes back and he's the same Sean Couturier that we have come to know in recent years, then I'm not really that worried. But the amount of injuries he's had, I'm really nervous about. Like, well, he, This contract freaks me out a lot. Like, a lot. The thing about Couturier I'm is terrified. he's playing in
1: all scenarios at this point. He's playing on the power play. He's playing on the penalty kill. He's... First line forward. So he's playing like twenty minutes a night doing that alone. So he plays hard minutes. He's in there constantly. And the thing is, you look at this roster, who the hell is gonna play those minutes instead of him? Because I don't want anybody on the pa- on the penalty kill except for him and Kevin Hayes at center. Yeah. And on the power play, their offensive talent is abysmal right now. We discussed this a couple weeks ago. Who the hell's gonna score goals on this team? Sean Katori, well not the best offensive player of all time you know he's
2: he's not bad he's pretty good but he gets he gets in the crease he like screens the goalie he has he's great at like all stuff that um, you need on the redirecting pucks yes exactly like so who's gonna play if it's
1: not so the thing is he's going to have to still play 30 minutes and you know 20 plus minutes a night and all hard minutes and like i i also don't have any faith in the flyers keeping people healthy at this point after all the injuries that they've suffered the past couple years
2: yeah, it's just, and that's the thing. Like, if Couturier stays healthy, I'm not really that worried about his contract. But, like, as much as I like Sean Couturier, he's kind of proven over the years that he's incapable of staying healthy. Like, he's guaranteed to miss a few games every year with some sort of injury. And, like, last year, it, he didn't miss a few games. He missed basically the year with a serious injury. And it's like, I'm really— <laughs> I'm really nervous about this contract now because if he if he doesn't come back looking as good as he was before, which is a very very real possibility, this could be a complete total disaster. Oh
1: yeah. So if you look last year, he played 29 games. The year before, 45, but 69 the year but that before was a that. Nice. Year. Yeah. Uh, 80, 82. So he's pretty consistent to a point, but the last couple years are really where the concerns start to build up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, like, um, even beforehand, like, even before the 17-18 season, which for three years, he was pretty healthy. So, like, 2017-18, played all 82 games. 18-19, played 80. 2019-20, I believe the Flyers only played 69 nice games that year. So, like, um, I think for basically those three straight seasons, he was very healthy. But, like... Before those three years, he he did struggle with injuries, and it's like I don't know. I'm just I'm just nervous. I'm really really nervous about his contract. Like Hayes, I'm not that worried about because like I don't know. At least he only has four years left, and like well, the thing we've with, seen... with Hayes,
1: we've seen him more recently play on the ice and be yes, effective exactly. again. Like, cause he actually came and back of the, and and of the, pretty yes. decent at the end of last year. Whereas Couturier, well. We saw his worst injury
2: happen just now. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And like, like, exactly. Like at the end of last season, Hayes looked really good. I was like, holy shit, this is excellent. I'm so happy to see him playing this well because I thought he was kind of screwed. But like he played really, really well to end the season last year. And Coots, we haven't seen since the beginning of last year. And even then, you know, he played, he only had 17 points in 29 games last year. Right, but that team and stunk. So, I'm not even putting it. That it was in terrible. terrible, but this team is going to stink too. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess the thing is, we're going to have to look
1: more just like pre you know, offensive explosion Couturier. I think we're going to have to judge him more based on the advance numbers because yes. he doesn't yes, have a Claude Giroux yeah. and a Jake Voracek to help set him up anymore. And that's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm worried this team's going. to That
2: bad. goes back to the yeah. That goes back to the question: Who is going to score? Goals. score the goddamn goals! God damn, hate this team. It's, it's going to be it's
1: going to be fucking JVR. It's going to be JVR, and it's going to be hilarious. And, and then they're going to resign. Resign him.
2: Him five five more years. Four more years. <laughs> four more years. I swear to God, that's going to be that's going to be Chuck Fletcher's last thing. Oh, before he gets just fired. Just fuck him. He's going to be like, over. all right. He's like, I'm going to let you finish, but let me just give this contract to JV. Oh,
1: man. Just, to, yeah, just to screw it all up. Just, you really. Just like
2: the Hextall thing. Throw a where grenade he
1: into the cap right there. Uh, or Paul Holmgren's yeah. parting move, which is the uh, the AMAC contract, the Andrew McDonald contract, yeah. which could still be considered one of the worst contracts in Flyer history. Yes, I'm fully aware that Ron Hextall drew the contract up, but that was also part of his duties, was to draw those contracts up. Paul Holmgren yeah. pulled the trigger on that deal. But, and amac is you know i think the most infamous flyers defenseman <laughs> of all time at this point point. and is that the worst contract in flyers history you know are we looking at one of the worst like, i'm surprised they didn't make the top 10 here but like the two i can think of as the worst contracts maybe the flyers have ever well i think briz galoff is actually the worst
2: if that's really if
1: bad. the flyers didn't have the lockout where they could just buy him out without having to deal with the cap implications briz galoff would have been, I think, easily the worst contract. Just one that would have affected them forever. They're paying Brzezgalov until the year 2027. He gets like a million a year for forever. forever. It's hilarious. But it's not. it doesn't count towards the cap, so nobody thinks of it as the worst contract. But it really yeah. was a just abysmal contract. I'm pulling up the, the details on that now. And I just remember... Losing my mind when this happened. It was a nine-year, $51 million contract. So, Brisgolov was making 5.6 mil a year on the cap.
2: Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it was
1: bad. Nine-year contract for a goaltender. That's smart. It's never smart. No. So, he gets... Like, the most you should give a goalie is, like, five years. Ilya Brisgolov is living just one of the best lives you could imagine because he gets $1.6 million a year from the Flyers to do nothing. Until twenty twenty seven,
2: yeah, phenomenal. He's just hanging out. Oh my god, that is the things I would do to be Briz. Oh my god, and
1: know. you know what? I love Briz. I, I, he's a shit goaltender, but what a guy! What a personality! He was fun. Look at the he was Husky a beautiful dog. Like oh, so uh, just great stuff. Great <laughs> stuff. So Briz's contract actually might be the worst in Flyers history. Vinnie Lecavalier's was pretty bad because he was already washed up when Paul Holmgren decided yeah. five years for Vinnie. You know what? Like, I don't even think about Vinny, though. Like, I really don't. You know why? Because that was actually Hextall's best move was dumping that contract. Hextall was actually Yeah, Where did he go? He went to,
2: like,
0: LA. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In LA, he played, like, a couple games and scored some goals, and LA was convinced they got to revitalize Vinny LeCavalier. No, they they didn't. No, he sucked.
0: Narrator. He sucked. They did not.
1: (laughs) They didn't. The Ron, We got to get Ron Howard to just come in and do his uh, Arrested Development because that's what that is. You, you said you weren't uh, familiar with Arrested Development, but the narrator joke is just Ron Howard from Arrested Development because that was. Oh, I didn't uh, know yeah, that. that. was uh, a lot of the comedy in Arrested Development was the narrator coming in as Ron Howard and uh, giving comments like that. But fun fact
2: right there. Good to know.
0: This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Just go to dot No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 2023. Void wherever hip there. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fritole Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Now, looking at this current team, Couple things to note this week. We had heard murmurs about this, but uh, Bobby Brink, RIPD, he's uh, he's dead. No, he's not dead. He underwent surgery to repair a torn labrum in his left hip. Now, you listed here he's expected to miss approximately five months of action. Now, my question is, does five months of action mean five months of the season, or is he back five months from now? Because that's a big difference.
2: So, I, I should say five months of, um, like, five months from now. Okay.
1: Because yeah. five months from now is, if my calculations are correct, that's like November, December right there.
2: Somewhere around there. And yeah. that's just missing... Ideally.
1: That's missing training camp, and that's missing the first two, two and a half months of the season, which is not ideal, but it could be a lot worse. Uh, hopefully, the Flyers have learned their lesson from last year and don't rush him back, because... I don't know if they can do that one, Steve. <sighs> I don't trust them. Oh no, I don't trust them, no. <laughs> but I I would hope that they would do that. And oh my god, it's just so frustrating. And then you know, it's, it's a shame because Brink was one of those guys that we've been excited to see come up, get some NHL time, really see what he's got. And it feels like there's been a bunch of guys recently where we've been really excited to see them come up in the NHL. And then they've suffered terrible injuries right off the bat. Uh, Tanner lisinski who just re-signed with the Flyers recently, had a hip injury last year. And <laughs> Wade Allison obviously has every piece of bad luck in history. He's basically Mr. Bean on ice. And does Mr. Bean get hurt a lot? Am I making that up?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Huh. My thing with Brink is, weird? like... He is weird. He was great in Rat Race, though. Maybe I'm thinking of Mr. Magoo.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, no, Mr. Magoo just okay. narrowly avoids dying because he's, like, a, a, a legally blind old man who just, like, gets himself into hazardous situations.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, like, my thing with Brink is, going into this season, Brink was the he was the only player that I was really looking forward to watching like every shift because like he's young and he has a lot of potential. And we've seen like, like I only, I know he only played a few games for the flyers last year, but like he showed flashes of like, he he showed good signs, you know? And so I was really pumped to like watch him throughout the year and see him kind of develop and, and all that. And this is assuming he made the team. I don't know. We don't even know if he was going to make the team, but if he did, I was really excited to watch him. And now that's gone. And now I'm just like Farabee's gone. Ellis is is he might never play again. <laughs> and I'm just looking. and like, who am I gonna like? Who am I watching? Who am I right watching? Now? Right? Now? Cam York. Cam York. Now I'm like, my focus is totally on Cam York at this
1: point. Yeah. So I, I've got the lineup pulled up right now on cap friendly for the projected death chart right now. And Cam York is definitely an exciting player. Owen Tippett just re-signed for 1.5 million AAV, and yeah. Tippett was a large part of the Drew trade. And I know you had expressed some skepticism about him before. And I know he's kind of struggled to pot goals, but I, I like Tippett in that he he does have some great skills. I think he has good hockey sense. I think somebody's just got to yeah. pull it all together and hopefully Torts can be the guy to pull that together with Owen Tippett.
2: I will say, even though, like—so Tippett only had seven points in 21 games with the Flyers last year. Um, He—even though his, like, statistics didn't really jump off the page, his play did, though. Like, like— He was one of the guys I was noticing— Late I was noticing him yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like, there, were, there weren't there were time Like, when he was on the ice, typically he would do something where I'm just like, oh, there's Owen Tippett. And it's not just because his flaming red hair was, you know, impossible to miss. It's because I was like, wow, he just made a really nice play. I mean, they all have flaming um, red hair
1: at this point, right? Yeah. It's just <laughs> Like, the if, f- you, yeah. if you put Owen Tippett and Cam York's hair together, you actually have the Olympic torch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, but I, w- I was really... I, I was pleased with what I saw from Tippett, um, even though, the, like, the the point total didn't exactly reflect it. I did like what I was seeing from Tippett. And let, we'll see if he can, like, take that next step. But, like, so I just I'm a little skeptical just because of the fact that we've never seen him reach a certain point. I'm skeptical so, of
1: everybody on this team right now, so I'll take anybody with talent. So yeah, I, I'm looking yeah. at the depth chart right now, and I know we've been over this before, but it's still very funny to me because it's pretty, pretty bad. So right now, uh, per the cat-friendly depth charts, the top line is projected to be JVR, Sean Couture, and Cam Atkinson. The second line, Scott Lawton, Kevin Hayes, and Travis Connecting. It's actually a pretty solid second line right there. But then there's a large plummet. The third line projected to be Max Willman, Morgan Frost, God. and Owen Tippett. And then the fourth line is hilarious. The fourth line, Nick Delorier, Patrick Brown, and
2: Zach McEwen. When Patrick Brown is the most skilled player on a line, <laughs> that is just chef's kiss terrific. Just uh, magnificent, let me tell you. Unbelievable. It's truly it really is remarkable.
1: Oh, and I, you know, I'm I'm pumped. This defense top pairing, Ivan Provorov and TDA. Second pairing, Sanheim and Risto, because why break up something so perfect? And then oh the God. bottom pairing is actually the one I'm most
2: excited for. Cam York and Justin I know. Braun. Yes. It's actually <laughs> like, a really good pairing. And you know what, dude, I, I like, I have been making fun of the Justin Braun signing just because it's so opposite of what Chuck Fletcher said he was going to do this year with the whole aggressive retool thing. And retooling does not mean bringing back someone who was here last year. Um, but like, as much as I've made fun of that deal, it's not like Braun's bad. Braun is not a bad player. He's he's a very, very good third pairing defenseman. And like I that's legitimately the pairing I'm most excited to watch is Braun and York. Because I feel like they kinda of complement each other well. Yeah, because York and... can be the puck carrier.
1: He can actually like focus on yeah. offense, which he's fantastic at. And Braun yeah. can focus on just
2: being a solid defensive player. Exactly. Like, and I'm excited to to watch them together. I don't that know. A top pairing is a disaster, though. Absolutely, the disaster. top pairing. I'm terrified, man. Because like, maybe, I don't, maybe in a weird world it'll work. Because like, I remember that one year when it was Provorov and Ghost, and they were like legitimately one of the top like defensive pairings in all of hockey. But then the year after that, it was like awful. So I don't know what's going on with that whole thing. Like, it, it all comes down to Provorov. Like. Is Provorov going to return to the player that he was earlier in his career? Um, If he can do that, then this could end up being a pretty good pairing. But, like, based off what we've seen from him the last two, three years, it's not going to be pretty. Yikes. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Like, he needs to be what he was. And if he can't return to that form, oh, baby, it's going to be so bad. I feel bad for Carter Hart. Oh, I feel bad I feel for Carter so bad Hart, for too, especially because they can't afford to get him an actual
1: backup goaltender. Backup! So, he has no backup! Right now, it's penciled in as Felix Sandstrom, uh, who is a 25-year-old rookie, which is just yeah. not ideal. And then they, they signed a guy. I totally forgot his name, because who cares? Uh, he doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They signed a guy who, you know, he's been good at the AHL level, but he's probably going to be the backup. And Oh, uh, Troy Grosnick. That's it. Grosnick.
2: I feel bad because like this was supposed to be the year that Carter Hart like came into his own. In my in my view, this was supposed to be the year that Carter Hart really. Well, it's um, it's his. He's twenty three. Um, it was, it was, years was supposed this to is be like a great click year for goaltenders. You know. Well, yeah. Like he's he's getting a little older. He's twenty three years old. But that's like when you're plus, hitting your prime plus, in the
1: NHL. It's like twenty three, yes. twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. Around there, that's cool. when guys really hit their stride, hit their prime.
2: Typically for like forwards and defense, for goalies it's a little different because goalies are fucking weird. But like with Carter Hart, I was really excited for this year because Tortorella, he typically he has very goalie-friendly systems. You know what I mean? Like typically his system results in better numbers for the goalie. And I was excited because like we've seen Carter Hart play very well in front of like a halfway decent defense. And that was his rookie year when the Flyers made the playoffs and beat the Habs. Um, he was excellent that year. And then the last two years when the Flyers' defense has been shit, the, I think it was the 2020-2021 um, season, Hart just had like that sophomore slump. But then this past season, Carter Hart like was re- was solely responsible for the Flyers winning like half their games. They wouldn't have won half of their games if it wasn't for Carter Hart being as good as he is. And I know his numbers didn't look great, but he was legit good last year. And I was so hopeful going into this season, this offseason, because I was like, oh, wow, like you have John Tortorella here. He's going to really shore up the, you know, the defensive structure and everything. And maybe he still will. Maybe the defense is going to be so much better than we think it will be just because John Tortorella is here. <laughs> and that's what he prides his teams on. But, dude, it's hard to say, it's hard to imagine that being the case when you have Tony D'Angelo, who doesn't know what defense is, and Rasmus Ristolainen running around. And I, I just. Have they considered Risto at forward? Like, I, I think he's in the wrong position.
1: I really do. Like, we always joked about that with Ghost, but I'm actually convinced that's the case with Ristolainen. I mean, they
2: put Moran at forward. Why not put Ristolainen at I
1: forward? I want Ristolainen second line right wing. <laughs> and Travis Konecki can play left wing up there, and we'll see what happens. Who
2: else? Who have they done this to? They put Moran at forward, they put Friedman at forward. What, other, def- oh, who, what other defensemen have they forced to be forwards?
1: Cranberry's own Friedman, and the, well, and who can forget? I mean, you can forget because you don't apparently know hockey before 2012. But Sammy Kapanen <laughs> Sammy Kapanen dropping back and playing defense back in the day.
2: Yeah, didn't uh, Dustin Bufflin? Wasn't he like a, Dustin Bufflin? Uh, fluctuated didn't he play back forward before? and yeah. defense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A guy who was
1: you know got thrown around in the rumors for the Flyers quite a bit because he was huge. But he was also good. He was too. good, and I imagine he would have been great on the Flyers, but then his... <laughs> he would have been awesome. His, his career took a... His life took a strange turn.
2: Yeah, that, I still don't quite understand that whole thing. He just
1: kind of, like, disappeared. Yeah, I remember he had, which... he had a, a BUI, a boating, while intoxicated. Which is strange. You don't hear that often. <laughs> you, you don't. You really don't. Like, did the Coast Guard come and get you? Like, that's it's just weird to me. But you know who also the Flyers didn't go out and get? Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> we uh, talked for, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes last week about Kachuk, because we knew that Chuck, perfect he would we be. knew Chuck Fletcher wasn't going to go after him, but he would be a perfect flyer. And as predicted, he did not go to the flyers. And actually it was one of the teams that was rumored to be one of the teams he was willing to sign an extension with. And that was yeah. not a team we expected out of the bunch there. This happened. I decided to edit the podcast on Saturday morning with a fresh cup of coffee and everything. And the trade happened Friday night at like 11 p.m. So that was pretty funny. But uh, Kachuk was traded to the Florida Panthers, which was a shocker and even more shocking because we talked about adding him to the lineup with Huberto and Barkov. And they actually traded Huberto to Calgary as part of this deal. Completely stunned by this.
2: Yeah, Uyghur too. Uyghur was so, a stunner it, like, too, that was, yeah. That was like the wildest. Because I remember like the tw- the initial tweets came out from like Friedman and Sarah Volley basically saying like, um, oh, Kachuk to Florida. And I was like, ooh, baby. I wonder what the what the return is going to be. And then I think it was Friedman. He was like, uh, Huberto and Uyghur are key parts of their turn," And I was like, what? Wild. Like – This has happened like we're having like an actual blockbuster trade right now at 11 p.m. on a Friday night when I should be out doing things, but I'm not because my life. I went to bed early that night. Yeah. I, went to be, I was exhausted. I went to bed at like 1030. And, well, and also, I don't have
1: air conditioning working in most of my house right now, but it works in my bedroom. So yeah, I went up to the bedroom and I just, did, I'm going to go to bed. There's not going to be any yeah. hockey news. And then I woke up, I'm like, what the fuck? But the trade in full. So Matthew Kachuk goes to Florida, going to Calgary, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, uh, Cole Schwint. And a lottery protected first round selection in the
2: twenty twenty five NHL draft. So the Panthers don't have a first round pick until twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six. So that's uh, and that's the year when uh, Philly
1: is supposed to have all that fun stuff like the All Star games and the uh, the World Cup and all that great stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a, it's it's going to be a hot minute. I'm gonna do the oh wow, again. Oh wow, but. It's been a while. I was stunned that Huberto was part of this deal. And Weger, too. An I extent, was too. Weger like, is less of a stunner because you got to give some stuff. you got to give if you're going to get Matthew Kachuk, right? But yeah. Huberto was, and this reminds me a bit of like when the Phillies traded for Roy Halladay back in the day because they traded Cliff Lee away when they got Roy Halladay. And I thought the whole point of getting Roy Halladay is so you could play him with Cliff Lee and Cole Hamels and all that great stuff. But I digress. The thing is, Huberto is such a big part of that team, and this ends up being more of a change of scenery trade because Huberto has been there for years and they haven't won. So that, you know, certainly shakes things up. And Kachuk's also younger by five years. So that's a big factor. And they signed him to the extension. Right. And Huberto was extension eligible this summer, uh either this summer or next summer. I forget exactly which one. But... Huberto is going to be a UFA next summer. Yeah. So And Uyghur, both of them. Both of them. Okay. So they... Yeah. It's, on paper, an excellent trade for Calgary, but they got to sign one of those guys, and they really should make the focus Huberto, because Huberto is a stud. He is a top-line guy. You can throw him in on that top line, and he's going to be awesome. And he's just a fantastic hockey player. But I can understand why they would want the change of scenery, the shake-it-up trade, because... Kachuk's a different player. He's going to bring more of an attitude to that team and probably something they need based on their playoff performance
2: last year. So when the first when I first saw the trade, I was like, what the fuck are the Panthers thinking? Like getting rid of Huberto and Uyghur. And then I saw that they were both UFAs. I was like, okay, this makes a little more sense. Like they're not guaranteed to stay in Calgary. Although Huberto has said that he's open to staying, to signing long-term in Calgary. But that's just hearsay like he's probably who knows what he's actually going to do but um but then I thought about a little more and like I do love Kachuk for the Panthers because like I feel like that's something the Panthers have kind of lacked ever since they were kind of conceived as a franchise like they've never had a player that like he's truly a superstar player and not only is he a superstar, not only is he great on the ice, but he's like a personality. He's an experience like rooting for Matthew Kachuk is an experience, and he is going to create a lot of headlines by just being Kachuk, like by you know being a rowdy, um, hard you know hard nosed player. And I think that's really good for the franchise. You know what I mean? I feel like more people are going to be watching the Panthers to see what's Kachuk going to do tonight. Oh, yeah. Like, he's going to he's going to start it. And he's already starting it. He's already doing it by saying, yeah, I really hated the Oilers, but, man, I hate the fucking Lightning even more now. And I'm just like, here we go. Yeah, he's that's starting a good it point. Now. Like, That's a good point. He's going to start a lot of shit. But, like, that, the rivalry between Tampa and Florida now is going to be off the chain just because Kachuk's there. Yeah. And, like... A friend of mine is a big Lightning fan, and I and he hates. I don't think I've met anyone on the planet who hates Brad Marchand more than more than my friend. Forbes. That's he kind lived, of amazing because a lot of people hate Brad Marchand. Dude, he hate, he absolutely hates Marchand, and he won't like. He always puts in our little like group chat like whenever Marchand's even brought up, he's just he says nasty things. He's the guy and who refuses
1: to draft him in fantasy hockey
2: because it's just principles. I think he actually. I think he actually did draft him, and he was just like, I fucking hate him, but he's great for fans. that happens every year to me because yeah, nobody but, wants
1: to draft him because they hate him, and I pick him up in, like, the second round. I'm like, he's fucking great. Yeah.
2: He's awesome, yeah. yeah. Um. But the thing I, I put last night in the group chat, I was like, I got a hot take. You're going to hate Kachuk more than Marchand by the end of next season.
1: <laughs> he's going to see him a lot. Marchand's
2: – dude, Kachuk is going to do – he's going to – do some wild shit to Tampa players, especially just for so many reasons. One, it's like the national or the natural geographic rivalry, but two it's Tampa. And they've been like the top dog in the NHL for so long. And you know, he's been like watching them and just being like, fuck these guys. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Kachuk's going to start a lot of shit, like trying to start a fight with the big rig.
0: Oh, I hope so. big rig.
1: Now, Kachuk, that's a good point that he he brings a different energy to that team and more of a spotlight. Because Florida, as long as we really have been thinking of the Panthers as a good team, they've been known for their under-the-radar stars. They've been known for Barkov and Huberto, who are both just very... uh, The underrated label, as longtime listeners of this podcast will know, gets overused for these guys. Absolutely overused. Because Barkov... He's not underrated. Everybody properly rates him. He's no, a fantastic yeah. hockey player. Huberto actually did fly under the radar, probably a little bit underrated. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what Huberto does away from Barkoff. Yeah. We've never seen that. They've played together, I think, pretty much their entire careers, right? And then as far as, like, Kachuk goes, I think we know what Kachuk is. And I think he's going to be
2: awesome in that lineup. Yeah, and we don't even—he might not have even hit a ceiling yet. He's only 24 years old. Like he's just hitting his age-related prime, and so it's like, I'm excited to see what he becomes. And and here's another thing about like the Panthers and you know the whole their stars and everything. Like Huberto, under the radar, Uyghur, probably under the radar. You, even though he last year was kind of like his coming out party, I feel like. Um, but like Ekblad there are is a lot of like people, pretty Ek-
1: like he's a very good player. I think a lot of people, I think respect Ekblad, but he's not necessarily considered one of the top defensive presences by. Any yeah. Means. Yeah.
2: Like a lot of people like have probably never heard Barkov or Ekblad, Ekblad talk before. Right? right. I have no
1: idea what their voice is. You know what I mean? Like.
2: Yeah. I have no, like, they're very like low key player, like on the ice they are good, but like, I feel like they're low key personalities. Kachuk doesn't shut the fuck up. And like, that's, Gonna be a great. I don't know. It's just gonna add a bit of venom to the team, like just a A little spice, like a good, perfect pinch of spice, a little bit of bite to the team, and that's exciting. If I'm a Panthers fan, I'm really excited right now. Throw a little sriracha in that shit, you know? Yeah. The only thing the Panthers need to do now is returned to the Leaping Cat logo. And then uh, they will officially be like my <laughs> second favorite team in the NHL.
1: Oh, no, the Leaping Cat is no uh, whatever the Arizona Coyotes return to. Whatever you call what, – what is the term for that coyote? The Kachina. The Kachina, the kachina is yeah. amazing. If the Panthers had a yes. Kachina, then I would support that. Eh, the Leaping Cat, you know, I'm not it's, – it's fine. I'm not, I'm not passionate about the leaping cat. I'm passionate it's about better the than mighty... what they have now. I'm actually just fine with what they have now. But then again, like I've never really given a shit about the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Yeah. The, o- so. the only cool thing they ever had was uh, noted racist, John Van Beesbrook's helmet back in the nineties. Oh, we yeah, don't, don't support really John cool Van Beesbrook thing. for being a noted racist, but the helmet back in the nineties was pretty cool.
2: Yeah. But he said, they had fucking. Pavel Bury for, in like his twilight. Oh, he was still really good there. Was he? Oh a, yeah. Wait. Was he? Where was the last team he played? Oh, New York. That's where he was for his last team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was still good. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's where, where all
1: the best players go to die. Like Yager and Yager. Actually, one of those th- one of the, the fallacies about Yager is that he really like tailed off in New York and Washington, and he's actually really fucking good in both those places. Dude, he was awesome. Yeah, but he got <laughs> he, awesome. he took a lot of shit from the media markets in both those places. Uh, Over his performance and his numbers are spectacular.
2: Yeah, of course, New York would do that. But yeah, I don't know. I I feel like Yager didn't become like, quote unquote, washed up. And he. I guess he really was never all that washed
0: up. I mean, the
1: closest he came was after like he had a great resurgence in Philly. But
0: Philly, he was good after and then Philly, after that, like
1: kind of just like bounced around that's from team I, to team. Yeah. Just not as good. Like he, I wish he had just stayed here. That was, I think, Paul Holmgren's too, biggest yeah. mistake was not bringing Yager back for another go around because he had such good chemistry with Hartnell and Giroux. And that really took away from the top six of that team.
2: Yeah, I see. I know he had that other resurgence with the Devils, but then it was weird. Like he had that resurgence with the Devils. Then he sucked the next year and then he had another resurgence with the Panthers And then he sucked the year after that. Yeah. And then he went to Calgary and then he was like officially washed. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, he was also what, like 43 years old at that point. Yeah. He's still going. He's like 66 years old and he's like killing it over in whatever league he's in He's the best, you know, there's only one Yager, and he's the best. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. We miss him every day,
1: and we'll raise our glass of uh, Yarmir Lager to that. And that was still my favorite beer creation we made over at Flyers Faithful was Lager (laughs) L-A-G-R. Amazing. Fantastic. Uh, Bring it back. We got to bring it back, Marcello. He's not listening. But we love you, Yags. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Yarmir Yager. He's welcome on any time, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up here. I know it's not quite an hour and a half, but you know what? Them's the, them's the breaks. You'll deal with They'll it. deal with it. You'll deal with but, it. But <laughs> thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter and you got anything to plug for
2: these fine people? Follow me, your boy, on Twitter, at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Um, what interesting things do I have to plug? I don't really think anything. I, it's the, I feel it's like I do summer. have things to plug. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there are legit things for me to plug, like professionally, but I just... I'm not thinking about it. You're not
1: thinking about it. Who gives a shit? You got this show to plug. You're on flyperbole. There you go. We also, this is the most professional thing I'll ever do. (laughs) That's, that's the biggest laugh. I think you're going to get out of me. That's a professional flyperbole. Get out of here. Get out of here. Folks, you can follow Ryan at Ryan Quicks. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at ST Bomb. But if it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow Flyperboli on Instagram and I guess TikTok. I still haven't figured out what the fuck to do with that. I'm gonna figure it out at some point. Broad Street hockey's also on a variety of social medias. And we're gonna go. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Heart, good night
0: and Good hockey. wow, 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 wow,
1: wow.